0: Welcome to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. We're back, man. Episode 198. Um, Before we get into the topics, man, we got to give a special rest in peace to John Madden and Betty White. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll give some stories of these two icons, man. Uh, John Madden, I mean, for Christ's sake, you don't even have to really know who he is to know about Madden, the video game. Yeah, There's so much more, you know, he's a very monumental man. He was a head coach for the Raiders. I'm not a Raider fan at all, but he was a great coach, Super Bowl coach.
1: Mm-hmm. I believe yeah, he did win a Super Bowl. I think Bowl he got one.
0: He got one with them. Mm-hmm. Um and then he went into broadcasting. Did an amazing job with that. He, he was one of the he was like the first guy to ever use that little uh marker on the screen. He was circling a whole bunch of stuff.
1: Yeah, I just seen a, a during the Niners game, they mm-hmm. showed uh um a clip of him Right, uh, drawing up a Jay Rice play where the uh, yeah like the safety had left and then Jay Rice yeah. and then the linebacker or whatever missed him and then he scored and he was drawing all over the screen. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. John Madden, man, a special rest in peace to him. And he's this yeah. amazing football game. Mm-hmm. I remember the first Madden game I got was Madden '97. Wow. And I got it on. Uh, I got was it, on it on
1: that. It was on the cover. Was Madden? Or Madden or, oh, Madden used to. Madden was, was on all the covers 2001? up thousand one two
0: thousand one two thousand one. I believe yeah. he was on the cover every year.
1: Mm-hmm. Damn, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, and uh, I remember my dad got me a Super Nintendo uh, when I was in the sixth grade, mm-hmm. and um. I remember we played the game, and I was just fucking him up. I was blowing him out in the game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> he used to get so mad, dude. It was so hilarious. Yeah. So every Blue Moon, he would beat me, but for the most part, man. Uh, and then John Madden used to be saying shit like, I can't believe he went for that play again. It didn't work. <laughs> He'd be like, fuck you, John.
1: <laughs> yeah, I used to hate that, man. I used to get so mad. Um, when he would be giving advice, like, especially if you're going for it, you know, us playing the game, you go for it on fourth down, and you might be losing, but you just, like, playing all downs out of desperation, not punting the ball, and he'll say something like that. Like, you know, he needs yeah. to punt the ball in this situation. He should have punted the ball right there. <laughs> you got to get that guy off the
0: field. He's causing problems. What's going on now?
1: I to turn your mic
0: down. Oh, yeah, turn it down. Oh, it's peeking? Yeah. Oh, see? We gotta do the gotta do uh, what do you call it concurrent um uh production.
1: Yeah, we don't have no uh no engineers we got no whatever. engineer.
0: But no, uh yeah, shout out to him, man. Shout out to John Madden and uh Betty White, who also another icon. Mm-hmm. Um for me, I know her best from uh the Golden Girls. I love that show. Yeah. Thank you for being No, a wait, friend. wait, before we move on to Betty
1: White, um what was your favorite? What was your favorite, man?
0: Fuck, that's a tough one. I say my favorite Madden might be Madden two thousand and five. I think that's the one with Michael Vick on the front.
1: Mm, yeah, man. I remember the energy around the one, especially because it was Michael Vick. Like you know, he's a quarterback. Was that His was a cool? Was like ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. Who was on there before? Uh, Marshall Falk.
0: Marshall Falk was like two thousand and two, I think. 2002. I think 2001 was Eddie George, and then 2002 was Mike Marshall Falk or some shit. Mm-hmm. And then 2003 was, um, man, I don't remember who was on 2003, man. I know Ray Lewis was like in between. I think that, Ray Lewis
1: might, was he after Michael Vick?
0: I think he was after Michael Vick. Yeah. So he might, Ray Lewis might have been
1: 2006. Dang.
0: Let me see. I'm, you look at the covers?
1: Yeah. What year yeah. did you say?
0: Uh, well, mine. I think my favorite was 2005 that had Mike Vick on the front.
1: Ooh, 06 was Donovan McNabb. Oh, nobody remembers him. I'm dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, great times, man. Um, but yeah, we don't want to bore you with that. Uh, just to give him, you know,
1: um, yeah, Marshall Falk was before Michael Vick. Yeah, that was my Marshall Falk was my my favorite one. I just remember playing like the the mini games on yes. there. Um, you know, just designing a player. It was, I mean, yeah, just so many good times. So, like, is me being um, a little bit too young to under, I mean, to to know Madden as a uh, more of a broadcaster and, and even a coach. Head coach, yeah. um, I wasn't too familiar with him doing that, but definitely uh, as the the video games, man. Like, it just like it was like a it was a cultural thing, like Madden. Yeah. You know, you, and you didn't even when you think about Madden um just the name yeah it's interesting it's interesting that we actually equate that with nfl football yeah because madden is not like he's just a former coach and you know commentator like he's not necessarily like tied to the nfl but yeah however that came out and i wish i would have done research beforehand but i you know i would be curious to know it, how that came out like a lot of people don't know this but john Madden was traumatized by planes you,
0: I don't know if you remember, I think it was on the movie We Are Marshall, but a bunch of the players died. Oh, they died, died yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and after that happened, John Madden took a freaking bus everywhere. He mm-hmm. never flew anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, he never flew anywhere. And, yeah, scary. Yeah, he always took a bus everywhere, and he's like, I'm on the Madden bus, you guys. Mm-hmm. And he was, every week, he was on a bus somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that was pretty dope, man. But rest in peace to John. Um, and also, Betty White, like I mentioned earlier, Betty White, I, I best... I best know her for her role on um, Golden Girls, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll do that. Uh, I'll do that tune again. Thank you for being a friend. You're is do you say? You're a, a something and a confidant. Do 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 Sophia was probably my favorite though.
1: I never watched Golden
0: Girls. Oh man, you're missing out. If you watch, yeah. if anybody listen to this right now. I don't give a fuck how old you are, how young you are. If you go and watch Golden Girls right now, you will be laughing your ass off. Mm-hmm. That is a timeless show. Yeah, and like the 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 this like I don't know, certain shows you could watch, and they're all like, I love Lucy is another one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. I love. You ever seen that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Ricky Ricardo, her husband. Lucy,
1: I'm home. Lucy,
0: I'm home. Mm-hmm. He was like the first Latino. Um, he was busting husband. down in white cheeks, huh? Yeah, but I, what the thing. Yeah, he was he was smashing Lucy because they was really together too. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine like if on the on the show like if can you imagine like back in the day when they did black and white if they had black and white porn? Yeah, that'd be so crazy. <laughs> It'd be all
1: distorted. <laughs> Vintage porn. You'd be like Lucy. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, rest in
0: peace to Betty White. She was known for so much more. She had she just was a colorful. Got a colorful personality. Um, mm-hmm. She did some funny ass commercials. She did one some years ago where she was, it was a Snickers commercial actually, yeah. where uh she went out for a pass and got tackled in the mud and shit and mm-hmm. they said, here, take this. You act like an old lady when you, you know, when you haven't eaten. Yeah. And then he ate it and turned back into himself, but he was Betty White. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. Betty White, right?
1: the, the great thing about Betty White is she had probably like three or four runs in her you know that yeah. and around that time when she made that comeback when she was doing the snickers commercials and i think she was on snl and a bunch of different stuff um it was kind of like and she was in a, some movies i think with some mm-hmm. cameos and stuff it's just um it's just amazing to see somebody at that age yeah uh find ways to kind of like revitalize themselves and you also realize that like talent it doesn't matter how old you are you know if you're talented like you know, you deserve to be in a
0: spotlight. 100%. You know, another thing, too, is like when you look at people like Betty White, like especially the people who have died, these have all been icons. Betty White, John Madden, and recently uh, Vicente Fernandez. Mm-hmm. They all died. These are iconic, monumental people, mm-hmm. right? But you can't feel bad for them because they literally exhausted everything in their lives. Mm-hmm. These are people who have who've accomplished super... Like they've accomplished everything they pretty much wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So instead of feeling bad for them, focus on your life, man. You could you could have a great career like a Betty White or you know or John Madden or Vicente Fernandez. And it doesn't have to be in, you know, in content creation or in sports analysts. It could be in something else. Yeah. Be the best podcaster you can be. Be the best uh, if you if you knit or you you knit clothes for a living. Be the best at that. Find a way to monetize it. Find a way to get attention for it.
1: Yeah, that I mean that's that's real. I think there might be some icon and uh like obviously Virgil Abloh uh passed away recently. Yeah, so no. Um but there might be some like for, um, before the podcast we were talking about thrifting. And mm-hmm. um when I was uh probably like 2011, 12, 13 somewhere in there, I would watch a lot of YouTubers that were um doing these thrift hauls, and sometimes they would just buy the clothes to wear, and sometimes they would uh, sell the clothes on their store and, and different stuff like that. Um, I say that to say, like, in that realm or in that world, there's probably some sort of icon um, that kind of was the at the forefront of, you know, thrift hauling or YouTubing in, in that a- aspect. So, you know, like you were saying, it's just about... Um, Finding what you're passionate about right. and then doing that to the furthest extent. And you know, as you move on or if you transit or when you transition, like there will be people that would be like, yo, this person had a huge impact on my life, right. you know, in in whatever capacity. Yeah. So.
0: so yeah, man. Rest in peace to them. And uh let's move forward with the podcast. Um, switching gears. Um today. Which is the second. It's currently Sunday. You'll be hearing this Monday morning. But it is National Motivation and Inspiration Day. Um, I have never fucking heard of this holiday before this
1: year. But yeah, I've seen it on, um, on Instagram. Not even on... It was like... I have like the business mm-hmm. app. Yeah. So it's like... Um it was like, you know, it's national uh, motivation and inspiration day. Create a post and they just have the hashtag like sitting there. So
0: it's just so many holidays now that we've like I've never knew were holidays. Like it's National Donut Day, yeah. National Pizza Day, Pie Day, National Clapped Them Cheeks Day. ha <laughs> 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 National Doggy Style Day That'd be crazy
1: <laughs> They'd be like it'd be, Everybody'd be like I'm calling off of work man It's Doggy Style Day <laughs> They do have like they, I mean there is a day for I wouldn't, They're not like holidays But um, They do have like National Sin Nudes Day And all, all kind of stuff I didn't know that was a real day Yeah That'd be crazy. If you had National Doggy Style Day, everybody'd be like, I'm going to Vegas,
0: man. (laughs) Calling off that day. It'd be almost like, National Doggy Style Day would be probably like, almost like 420. (laughs) All right. Um, National uh, Motivation and Inspiration Day. National Motivation... And Inspiration Day is annually celebrated on January 2nd in the United States of America. It is a day to sober up after all the festivities of New Year's Eve and really get to work on those resolutions. After the start of each year, we all swear to heaven and beyond that, that this is the year we achieve our set goals and improve ourselves in general. Motivation and Inspiration Day is the perfect day to get off your butt and start working towards that. It is also the day to remember the tragic 9/11 and the events of 9/11 in the US and get a renewed focus in your daily life. I don't know what the correlation is that.
1: January 2nd is set to remember 9/11. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I think
0: the, the writer the, the the person that wrote this freaking article just threw I think that they in put
1: there. some they made up some stuff also because they're saying like we uh usually New Year's Eve you're drunk like bringing in the new year. Mm-hmm. And this holiday is on the 2nd. So I don't see the. I don't see the correlation. I, just, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. see. Yeah, but shout out
0: to whoever did that. Um, now here's here's some statistics that you would want, you guys would be probably be kind of helpful towards you. Um, the, this is the success, fail, uh, success and failure statistics uh, regarding uh, the uh, resolutions of those who make a New Year's resolution. After one week, seventy-five percent are still successful in keeping it. After two weeks, the number drops to 71%. After one month, the number drops to 64%. And after six months, 46% of people who make a resolution are still successful in keeping it. In comparison, of those people who have similar goals but do not set a resolution, only 4% are still successful after six months. So overall success, according to the 2016 study of the 41% of Americans who make New Year's resolutions by the end of the year? Only nine percent feel they are successful in keeping them. Nine percent. In an earlier study in 2007, the 12 percent of people who set re- resolutions are successful, even though 52 percent of the participants were confident of success in the beginning. So this is like I'm bringing this up because there's so many people that at the top of the year you posting pictures of your meal preps and. You know, you're posting pictures of you working out in the gym and all of that. Like, honestly, I know you're going to fucking quit. That's the, the American way is being a quitter. Most people are quitters. They don't stick to what they say they're going to do. The smartest thing you could do is just fucking do it. Nike had the best slogan ever. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it, man. That I mean, look, we do this podcast every week. We don't got to hype it up like, man, we're going we gonna to do this and then not show up. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you going to get out of that? Yeah. You know, and then not to mention, think about this. You're young. Most probably I, I would I would assume most people who listen to this podcast are kind of young and if not then whatever. But if you're 28, 35, whatever your age you are and you're morbidly obese or you're broke or your mental health is off or whatever it is, It doesn't change because a new year changed. It's just a. It just show like it's almost like you have a revelation. Like I'm fucked up, but you don't do anything to change it. Mm -hmm. And then another year goes by. You're the same person. You're at the bar again on you know December 31st, waiting on that ball to drop. But you still suck. Yeah. You still suck. There are a lot of people that said um, like if you made it out of 2021, that's all you had to do. Blah blah blah. Like stop celebrating mediocrity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: stop celebrating because what's going to happen is you're going to get older and then it's going to be too fucking late, man. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the person. Here's the thing. I think most of us, we suffer or we're victims of our youth because we always think we have time. I know that's not true. I know multiple men my age who fucking died. If, look, they say tomorrow's not promised. Your next moments aren't. And you sit hear this being mediocre. Some people are okay with being just regular, and I respect that. But if you really have goals, stop fucking sitting on your hands,
1: man. Yeah, um, I think that for for me, I think that there's a there's danger in um, like putting so much emphasis on December thirty first right. slash January one because um, first of all, you're, you're you're just waiting on like a social like a a societal thing that we kind of created right obviously there's uh science behind a year as far as like you know months like the world spinning around the sun whatever the case may be but as far as like how it affects us there's not there's not it doesn't affect us in any way so there's a lot of people that are just waiting on the new year to kind of like as a reset button in when in reality you're like you're um you're banking on being alive one and yeah. you're <clears throat> you're putting too much emphasis on this thing that is not real right. um, the only thing that is kind of affected by you know the the year changing is you know your rent is due at the top of the month and you know at the end of the year like your the whole taxes and all that is cut off um but outside of that, like, it doesn't really affect anything. So that's the the danger in putting so much em- emphasis on, like, you know, creating resolutions based off of uh, or trying to change, like, cha- make these huge drastic drastic changes um, at the top of the year. Like, if you really want to get in shape or whatever the case may be, um, you should start on when you have the idea, not wait till December 31st to, to kind of create this thing. That's not how it even works, man. Yeah. So, but I... I, but I Above all, I do still think that um, creating resolutions is important. I think that um, when you are writing down your goals or you're writing down things you want to accomplish, it makes it more tangible, especially if you're writing down um, your resolutions the proper way where you say, this is what I want to accomplish, and I am going to do this by whatever. So if you say, I am uh, going to lose 15 pounds, your goal should be... uh, you know, I'm going to lose 15 pounds by going to the gym four times a week, by, you know, prepping, making sure I eat at home, whatever the case may be. Um, and that goes with with any sort of goal. So I think that most people um, and there's science behind it as far as like people accomplishing things, they tend to uh, make them uh, like tangible. Mm-hmm. In a sense, like by writing them down, or they can see it consistently. So it, it kind of like reminds them um, of doing that. So, and people that generally just have an an idea in their mind, they don't tend to um, be as successful as the people yeah. that do write them down. So,
0: I mean, honestly, too, man, like we we are creatures of habit, and habitually, who we are got us to where we are. Mm-hmm. So if you say like you know on this day I'm changing this, you're full of shit. You're not changing shit. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, look at the circle you're around. let's say you want to stop drinking, but every one of your friends is an alcoholic. How the fuck are you going to stop drinking yeah it's the the fact that you're you've you've like created a world that absolves you of the bullshit you doing into your body if you're thirty years old twenty four years old, whatever, why do you have diabetes, man? why are you overweight at, at, why are you young and way overweight and diabetes and alcoholic and broke? and stressed out all the time and like you got to do better man Mm -hmm. not to mention some of you guys got kids yeah do better for your kids your kids shouldn't see you being your lesser self all the time always drunk always depressed always broke all the time that's fucking no Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. do you realize that you're creating another failure of a generation when you sit back and eat hot cheetos for breakfast every fucking day and your kids see it and they normalize that behavior so when they grow up they could be a overweight hot cheeto eating motherfucker just like you Mm -hmm. okay i know some people be like you're fat shaming you're this and that i'm not fat shaming at all i'm being honest we are creating the next generation of losers and quitters and people who expect participation trophies you made it out of 2021 good job good job Mm mm-hmm you gotta want more than that, man. Mm-hmm. If you got kids watching you, bro, like what the fuck are they really seeing? Mm-hmm. They are seeing a suppression of growth. They seeing, bro, not even just that. It, it, it's it's so deep. They seeing, let's say you with a uh, you you with your wife or your girl, and y'all breaking up, getting back together over and over. They seeing failure relationships <clears throat> as normal. So we're raising generations of kids who see toxic shit and normalize it just because they parents suck you going into a new year with the what you a lot of people brought in the new year with a motherfucker they shouldn't be talking to 5 years ago yeah you should have stopped talking to them 5 years ago but you bring it in the new year with the same motherfucker uh, that's crazy man mm-hmm. you got to like you got to throw away the garbage at some point sometimes the garbage is you throw away yourself Throw away yourself because what you're doing ain't working. <laughs> you know, we live in a world where we will complain about our circ- the circumstances and the bed that we lay in. Oh, this bed is uncomfortable. I don't like it. My back hurts. Well, motherfucker, you bought it. Mm. You Your circumstances and your energy and your habits have created the life you live. You cannot blame anyone for shit anymore. Maybe when you were a teenager, well, my parents got me like this, my parents. But when you're a grown man or a grown woman, you better fucking adult up and figure it the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody gonna hold your hand, mm-hmm. you know? So figure it the fuck out. Yeah. That's my thing in 2022. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, last but not least, and there's more, but stop making resolutions. Fuck a resolution. Make a promise. Make a promise to yourself. And the promise, yeah. is, the promise is that something such as health is not temporary, it's not. Health is a everyday promise you should be making to yourself. It is not a temporary investment. You can't. You can't temporarily invest in your health because you're sending yourself to the fucking grave earlier. Like, it's crazy how somebody will be 400 pounds, but they got four kids. You love your kids, right? Then stop being so fucking fat. Stop. Like, after I get out of here, I'm going straight to the gym. I don't like exactly where I'm at with my weight, so I'm doing the things to change it. I'm not saying you should hate yourself because you are fat, but don't sit there and complain and feel bad, and you ain't doing nothing, man. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You ain't doing nothing to change it. What the fuck are you doing?
1: Yeah, I mean as uh intense. I did not know you were gone there, but I don't have much else to say
0: <laughs> Keith is the opposite of intense. <laughs> You'd be yeah. like, "I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna beat their ass." Keith would be like, "Well, have you ever, <laughs> have you ever tried talking to them?" There me? was
1: there was one time, there was one time uh where you had there was uh, you were parked over in the, the apartments over there by the crib um and the the annoying the guys that do like the landscaping and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember you had probably just washed your car like the previous day or something like that. Um, when you had your Malibu, mm-hmm. and um, the guy was like blowing the thing like, and he blew all the dust on your car. And I remember you were so livid that you was like, you was like, "Hey man, my my car, hey hey what's?" And he just had the thing going, so he couldn't hear what you said. <laughs> And I just remember you went over there and you dumped his. Uh, he had the little uh, like a little trash bin or whatever uh-huh. to like rake the leaves or whatever. Yeah. And I could just remember you was so pissed off that you just threw his uh, threw his trash bin over. And I don't even think he noticed what was going on. But where the I, fuck was up by my house? He was at by our house, by our apartment. Oh shit. yeah, it was a long time when you had the Malibu. Oh, so yeah. I just say like you know. I was not. Obviously, I, it wasn't my car, so I, I wasn't that mad, but I, I, don't, I can just remember.
0: That. I don't even remember that moment of rage. <laughs> that was a moment right there. Fuck. That's so bad, I don't remember it. <laughs> so
1: pissed it. off. I was, I like, was dying.
0: Some of those Leaf Blower guys are just antagonists. These motherfuckers are blowing that shit everywhere.
1: That would be a good skit. Like, you know, you just get your car washed and,
0: like, hey, motherfucker, blow it that way. Mm-hmm. And the way he was blowing it, and you know what's crazy is if I might have had a little bit of condensation on my car, mm-hmm. which made the dirt stick. It wasn't
1: like, it wasn't, you probably washed it the day before. So oh, it wasn't okay. that same day. No, that would have, yeah, that would have been crazy. It's like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, I think, like, you know, it's, uh, my version of uh, motivation is not like that. I just think, like, for sure, um, And obviously we are in the new year, so we can't bypass that, that, that fact. But, um, the, the, what I, what I do for myself for the past, um, excuse me, for the past six, seven years, um, I try to bring in the new year doing what, like, what I, uh, plan on doing for the whole year. So, um oftentimes like i'll even have like instagram pictures like everybody's out partying taking shots and stuff like that but i'll be at the crib like writing or something like that or i'll be you know setting up stuff uh for my business or something like that like i just like to bring in at when the uh when the clock strikes strikes midnight i like to already be doing what i want to do for the rest of the year um you know going in that transition and um I think that's super important because that's the that's the momentum you need to to kind of carry on, and and it's also the mindset of not putting significant putting significance on yeah. January one, um, because I know that the best time to start whatever is right now. So yeah. I'm I don't need to wait till the clock strikes strikes midnight, and I'm also celebrating in a way where, um, you know, we say this all the time. I was actually talking to one of my boys and that Gambino line where he says, you know, my work is my, is my playtime. And, um, that's like how I operate. And, you know, that's what has got me, um, to this position. And I just think like, above all, we gotta, we gotta change our mentality. I think like, um, one, one thing my, my cousin told me a while back, uh, we were talking about, I was writing this, this, uh, screenplay and. I was, he was like, what, so like, what is your writing schedule like? Like, what do you, and you know, he's, he's a person that is like, um, I guess he's wise. Uh, so what he was trying to tell me was to, you know, be more consistent, but, um, he said it in so many words, but basically he said like, what are, What are your, what is your writing schedule like? And I was like, well, I just kind of write when I get inspired. And, um, he was like, uh, you should probably start writing like on a schedule or more, you know, on a consistent basis. And, um, Essentially, what he was trying to say is that that feeling of inspiration is fle- fleeting, it's fleeting, you know. Yeah. Um, some days you, you're going to, you know, you're not going to have ideas. You're going to have writer's block. You're going to, you know, you're going to get stuck stuck on a third act or a scene or something like that. But if you have this habitual nature to any and everything you're doing, um, the inspiration is not going to be necessary. I, yeah. I can remember, one, and I don't work out as often now, but I can remember once um, when I was working out more regularly, um, I would need the motivation or inspiration. I would try to watch an Eric Thomas video. I would try to watch whatever uh, you know workout video on on YouTube to kind of like get me going. Yeah. Um, and then it, it dawned on me that that doesn't actually work.
0: That's temporary because
1: yeah, that's just a that 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 feeling of inspiration is going to be fleeting. So today is like the motivation and inspiration holiday, but in reality, um, it should be like the consistent, habitual,
0: yeah.
1: uh, structured. Holiday, because that's the only way that you're going to be able to achieve, you know, a lot of these um, huge goals that that we have coming into this. Hundred
0: percent. I think there's two different types of people. I think there are people who look at it like you, who aren't the rah-rah people, and then there's me that say things like, "Hey, you just had a kid, right? So do you want to fucking die and, mm-hmm. and leave this earth early because you couldn't control your weight? Mm-hmm. You want you want to leave your kid based on the fact that you couldn't stop eating fucked up? That's really." Like, you want to justify that shit. Mm -hmm. Like, your kid is going to be six, five, nine years old, and their daddy gone, because now he couldn't control what the fuck he was putting in his mouth. That's a dumb way to go out. It is. And a lot of people go out that way. And a lot of people never become what they want to just because they're in their own way, man. Mm -hmm. Like... Like, if you think about this, Americans, like, the average American does not have enough money for a $400 emergency. That's the average American. Mm-hmm. But yet, you see people partying every week.
1: Yeah. The the reality... Now, and what are they celebrating?
0: The fuck are you celebrating? Mm-hmm. The, the reality that really exists versus what people do are polar opposites.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The fuck you partying for, motherfucker? They about to cut your light bill off. Like, you, you, man, and by, by no means do I make it, like, I'm the metric of success, but I am very aware of where I'm lacking and actively doing the work to become a better human being and a better man. And here's, you want a deeper purpose, too? The shit that I'm doing, I'm doing for my wife that I haven't met yet, mm-hmm. for my kids that I haven't had yet. If you have that mentality, too, that's going to take you far. I don't want to meet the right woman and not be ready to provide and be there as a man for that woman. So a lot of people don't do the work on themselves until they meet the person. And now it's too late. Yeah. You holding a person back. Mm-hmm. If you're a man and you broke and you meet this great woman, what the fuck are you going to do if you can't pay for nothing? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. How can you be a dad and you can't provide shit? Mm-hmm. How are you going to be a wife? And you ain't did the prop. You ain't went through the proper channels to get your attitude in place. Think about that shit. A lot of people, man, we just we're very nonchalant about everything
1: we do, not realizing the real effects that come from that shit. But I think that kind of goes back to that point of like uh, when you are writing these goals down, put the actionable things connected to it because it's a lot of it's a lot of especially in Bakersfield, there's a lot of women out here that think they deserve a husband, they think they deserve a, a good man, and they think they deserve a man that has a good job and, you know, that's faithful and all these different things. But they haven't put the actionable things um, to work on themselves for so that they can actually deserve that person. A hundred percent. So it's women out here that are just, like, praying for a man or that are just, like, thinking that they could find a man by trying really hard or dating the maximum amount of people. Yeah, serial dating. Yeah. All while, like, still being screwed up. Like, you know, bringing baggage into relationships and, um, you know, not necessarily, like, knowing what they want in a relationship or just not having their life in order. They're still dealing with trauma from... Uh, You know Different Different situations And you know Trauma is a real thing I don't even want to Like minimize that But I'm saying Like we have to do the work You're, you're an adult now You know what I mean Like yes. you got to do the work Whether you need to seek therapy Whether you need to Meditate Whether you need to You know Go through some You know uh, Self-healing seminar Whatever yeah. the case may be Like you can't live this life expecting certain things when you're actually when you're not actually doing the work you're not built uh, for it. to go with those things yeah
0: let me tell you something i would I would liken it to if you can't manage the amount of money you have now, you'll be no different with the million dollars yeah, Yes facts so if you have not built built in things internally habitually to manage who you are. You will never figure that out with the right person. You're just going to fuck them up and slow down what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of us like this. This is why it's important to do things, whether it's, you know, uh, self-help or therapy or having conversations with people or whatever it is. Make sure before you call, you know, women like, oh, man, these women's trash. Make sure you're not trash first, homie. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Make sure you're not holding back women that actually are decent women yeah you know and there's i would say the average person man or woman is just not ready for the right person because they not the right person Mm -hmm. and we going into a whole new year saying things like man these women ain't shit man women like oh these dudes ain't shit they just this and that and it's like yo what happens sometimes too truth be truth be told There's a lot of times the energy that you omit, the energy that you put off of you is allowing you to have the same exact shit because that's all you deserve is shit until you can figure out that you got something that you got to work on. Yeah. You got to find a problem with you, bro.
1: A lot of, um, like I was saying before, a lot of us don't even deserve like a good partner. No. I think that... um, I think it takes it takes a lot of work on yourself to get in a position to where you're even ready for um, for that type of person. Yeah. And it's not always, you know, having a good job or this or that. A lot of times it's like just doing the work on yourself. And I think that, that that's like, number one, that the, the rest of it can be attained um, yeah. as far as like, you know, getting a better job or going to school and stuff like that. But there are some things that um, take a lot of work. And, yes. you know, even for me, like dealing with uh, the the traumas of having like a father that's in and out of your life and stuff like that. Like you uh, for me, if I'm bringing that into uh, a relationship, um, that means that I am not ready for 100%. my partner because they don't deserve to um, they don't deserve to be lashed out at because something that they did remind me of something my dad my dad did or whatever, whatever the case may be. Um so I just think like, you know, number 1 like it's a it's so it's so many people out here and I'm seeing it, it's 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 almost like a dangerous space to be in when you start to when you feel like you know people more than they know themselves. Oh um, man. Like when like we talked about it before like you do so much work on yourself that you almost like instinctively know why people are doing certain things that they're doing, and maybe yeah. you know sometimes we we can have blind spots in our own in our own thinking. But um, just just when you see in people on the internet, like the girl that um, you don't know it you know you don't know it offhand, but the girl that's kind of like posting little TikTok videos of them twerking or you know yeah. make up you know pictures of them just sitting and all this, and then you're like, oh, this person is just recently single. Mm. They're trying to suppress their feelings because, you know, uh, or they're trying to make their boyfriend jealous or, you know, show them what they've been missing, whatever the case may be. But I say that, you know, sometimes when you like do, to, do the work and you're really like uh, well-versed in people, yeah. you start to see these behaviors yeah. over and over. And it kind of like removes, it makes you like remove yourself from the world. Like, man, I don't even want to be associated with it. Yeah these people because I could see this right off the bat. Oh, they're yeah. doing this. Oh, I'm gone. Or they're doing this. Like, you know, you don't even want to be connected with that. And um, it's just like you just you just see like how um, the lack of mental health mm-hmm. across the board. And you're like, man, everybody's just acting out and they're not even aware of how they're moving out here. Yeah, there's,
0: there's a large amount of, you know, um, what do you call people – how do you put this people are basically acting mm-hmm. like every everyone is pretty much acting there's a lot more that meets the eye with most people there are people that are doing have very unhealthy relationships but they have healthy pictures on Instagram and TikTok those those TikTok couples that you see they be having a worse type of relationship them, them YouTube couples them, all them people that shit don't that's be real man that's not real yeah That shit don't be real, man. Mm -hmm. Like deep down inside, there's a lot internally going wrong there. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, I don't want to, you know, get off veer off track. You have to learn to start having the intuition to see and to discern between decent and non decent people. This is for women and men. Bringing in the new year, I'm not saying that you're gonna change. I'm saying that you will grow if you want to, and you will have you will start to gain this intuition. You know, honestly, though, some people are just too set in their ways. You're in your 30s. This is just pretty much who the fuck you are. Yeah. You know, but. Till it, you die. Yeah, pretty much till you die. The person you are in your 30s, most times, more than likely, that's the motherfucker you're going to be the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. The rest of your life. If you're hard to deal with, you're going to be hard to deal with later on.
1: hmm
0: You know? And then another thing, too, Um, this, this is kind of just random, but, like, as men, we got to do a better job. With choosing partners too, like we can't talk bad about women, and we deal with it like if you meet a chick and she's always naked all the time and always wanting attention and always loud and disrespectful and shit, and you deal with it, you gotta realize what if you have a daughter by this woman? yeah, what kind of example is this woman setting for your daughter? Mm-hmm. you know, likewise, whether it's your son, whatever, we just do a fucked up job overall with with the habits and the things that we're doing,
1: yeah. I don't even, I don't even know, like, if, I I heard a situation where, like, um, there was this guy, and he, he got his girl pregnant, and he was talking to someone, he was talking to someone else, and basically, he was, like, he kept saying, he's like, yeah, I think, I think my girl, I think she'll be a good mom, I, I think she'll be a good mom, yeah, but, it sounded like he was trying to convince himself that his, mm. his girl would be a good mom, um, and she is a good mom. But I, I say that to say, like, to even like question that is kind of like I feel like yeah. that's that's dangerous in itself. Like, it you is know, to be having a child or bringing a child into this world with the person that you don't even know mm-hmm. if they're if they have the maturity to be a really good mom. That's scary.
0: Yeah, the first a- this is where we fuck up because the first action should be to think. Right to think, to assess, to discern. But we don't do that. What we do is we we commit the action first and then we think second.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, So we start going up in a chick with no condom and then we bust up in her, get her pregnant and like, you know what, I think she might be a good mom. No, nigga, you telling yourself that because <laughs> she didn't take plan B and mm-hmm. now she's pregnant and she's definitely going to keep the kid and your stupid ass... Did not think about that first. Mm -hmm. If you would have thought with your actual brain instead of your dick, you wouldn't be in that predicament. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't. That was. That was a. uh, That was a little play on words. A little play on words. You wouldn't be in this predicament if you (laughs) you had to use your dick.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, mm. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of that out there though. I I was. uh, I can't really go into detail, but you see, like what ha- what ha- say so say what happens with like people that that break up and you know when when a couple breaks up it's never really for the most part it's never a hard turn it's always like you know the couple breaks up and um they dip they dabble and dabble a little bit here and there they might be uh technically broken up but for whatever reason uh the girl may call the dude back over like to to change a light bulb or something the next thing you know it's just like Wow. You know what I mean? So I say that to say like there's uh, a lot of us just we don't have the di- we don't even have the 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 dick discipline to like be successful in breaking up. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. It's just it's a yeah, it's sad. I I just I just want to like overall though like they say how you do anything is how you do everything. So I could imagine that person that is like you know dipping back into his his ex and not really moving on in, in that sense. So.
0: Like, so that would be a red flag if you ever like chilling over a girl's house and you see a bunch of light bulbs, man, don't do it. <laughs> Somebody yeah. is coming in there screwing those, <laughs> screwing in my- those
1: light bulbs and they screwing her. Yeah. Yeah. That's right.
0: Like, how many guys did it take to screw in a light bulb? Let me find out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a scene to a terrible porn.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a terrible porn on mm-hmm. Israel like, yeah, my name's Tyrone. I need to uh, screw in a light bulb. <laughs> yeah, you're going to screw it in deep? Yeah, I'm going to screw it in real deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. they got to stop using this, this. Like, porn is hilarious, man. Mm-hmm. They the, Not only is the acting horrible, but they probably have the same exact scenes in everyone. The guys- they've, gotten,
1: they've gotten a little better, but they still... They're, they're not as cheesy as, like, the UPS guy dropping the box off. It's more like... It's still... Dumb scenarios, but you know it's a little bit more dense these
0: days. Are you the Amazon guy? Uh, you know, I actually work for the United States Post Office. <laughs> Can you imagine if they think it's really a porn dude, but it's actually a worker at the post office? She getting naked. And, and they was shit. expecting somebody. Yeah, they was expecting. Yeah. My name's Dave. I'm here to drop off a package. Come in. <laughs> I'm uh, no, I'm just really. I'll put it on the couch. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, hmm. Switching gears. How to deal with inflation. Um, earlier I went to freaking. I think I went to Jack in the Box, and I grabbed. Uh,
1: they don't even have a value, a real value menu.
0: Nah, I went to Jack in the Crack. I haven't been there in a while, and and they had a fucking uh uh the the breakfast whatever the sausage biscuit. Yeah. And they don't have anything for a dollar anything there anymore. Not they at used all. to literally have a ninety nine cent menu. They're the cheapest
1: it, thing is like the fries, and I think it's like 120, 140 or something.
0: Nah, they, yeah, they're like nah. They did like one seventy nine. One seventy, sheesh. Ain't nothing cheap no more. Ninety nine cent menus don't exist at all. No dollar Back in the day, when you was poor, you had
1: you go to a restaurant with six dollars and some change. You get six items. You know, you know what? And I will let you. I don't mm-hmm. want you to forget your point, but I think that. Um, a better marketing plan for the dollar menu things would have just been to, like, make things smaller. Mm -hmm. Because inflation is going to happen, you know, the the thing. But the the idea of a dollar menu, um, it just rolls off the tongue. So, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, and that's how it used to be as a kid. Like, just get something off the dollar. Get a McDouble. Get a uh, a fry or whatever. That shit was a dollar. Yeah, just take a couple fries out. You still could have kept a dollar menu. I remember when McChicken was a dollar, man. Yeah, how much is it? Uh like probably two-something dollars now. God dang. Yeah, I used to see, the dollar menu used to smack at McDonald's, but it's expensive now. You might you better off getting a regular meal.
0: Yeah, man. I, You know what, dude? And, and what's nuts is, the reason why I brought that up is because I got... No, actually, I got two Jumbo Jacks. That shit was $9. Crazy. Like nine-something dollars. Mind you, I didn't put no cheese on it or nothing. I don't mm. like, mind you, I put... Just the regular toppings, and mm-hmm. it was nine dollars for two burgers. And back in the day, that shit was like one ninety nine for a jumbo jack at one time. Mm-hmm. So it was only like four something dollars. That's how crazy inflation has been.
1: Yeah,
0: I remember when gas was a dollar
1: eighty nine a gallon. Do you remember when um, Gas is a little different Because it's affected by inflation But it's also like I Actually mean, I remember when it was 89 cents 99 cents a gallon when I was a little kid Yeah, yeah But you know like the price of barrels And yeah. like the, all that kind of stuff so, Oh yeah But um, When the, the Little Debbie snacks used to be a quarter Oh fuck yeah they Now did. they might like be 75 cents Or something something like that Yeah, Little
0: Debbie ain't so little no more yeah. It's fucking crazy I, yeah. I remember back in the day you could get uh, there was little bags of chips. They were a quarter, and a little Debbie. So with one dollar, you could get folks. You get a
1: cool, yeah. I remember, man, going to a one. You you uh bring a dollar and you get some cool yeah. snacks for the ba- whole movie. Or Back whatever. in the day, it was a lot easier
0: to get diabetes,
1: man. They're making it too hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's for real, man. Yeah, man. Even um, even um, one the Dollar Tree is not the Dollar Tree anymore. It's like everything's like one twenty five.
0: Yeah, change the name, motherfucker. Like.
1: Yeah, and then also, um, because I ship stuff, you know, for my business, but the the price of shipping is going up too. Yeah. I thought they, because they told us, you know, they send emails or whatever, and they were saying it's going to be a a holiday thing. They're going to up the price during the holidays to help with the demand or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we got another email basically saying, like, U uh UPS uh USPS everybody is like up in their prices by like six seven eight percent. Yeah, I
0: was supposed to be doing some business like I talked to you about uh-huh. over in in China, and they shipping price for what I want three hundred dollars by itself. That's ridiculous, man. Three hundred dollars by itself, yo. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, yo, like, like that's fucking nuts. I know yeah. it's coming from China, yeah, but it's like y'all gonna give me. $300 shipping and coronavirus? <laughs> God damn.
1: With, with a lot of those products that come from China, um the product be so cheap um but sometimes the shipping is more than the actual product. Yeah. And I've I've experienced that where I bought something for maybe like 60-70 and the shipping be like 50 55 something like that. I'd be like, "Damn, the shipping is." Like-
0: I'd be so mad. I Open my box to get merchandise out and a little monkey in there or something.
1: I'm like, what is this monkey doing in here, man? <laughs> yeah. A fortune cookie. You said what? A fortune cookie. Yeah, that's just racist. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. You went too far with the fortune cookie. Hey, whatever whatever. Asian nigga that's putting in a fortune cookie, they be lying like a motherfucker in there. it going to be something like, you're going to be very wealthy. <laughs> They know exactly <laughs> no, what Americans yeah. want to
1: hear. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, you're going to be
1: very well. They should just day. start keeping it real on the fortune cookies.
0: Yeah. You know, it'd be crazy if they had certain fortune cookies for certain people. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be a person, like a gay couple come in, they open a fortune cookie, it's like a rainbow in there or something. <laughs> or a black person, it'd be like Black Lives Matter. Or yeah. they would be like, man,
1: don't put this shit That's in my the new cookie, age. man. Yeah. Imagine somebody that, like, really started like, to, uh, like, Keep these things Or like really I remember one time I was really believing Like what was going on Because they were saying Like the right thing But imagine opening up When you eat it And you do the whole process And it was like You a broke ass nigga (laughs) 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 like Dang I guess I'm a broke ass nigga You a broke ass nigga Finish your (laughs) (laughs) meal Oh man Hmm. yeah. I remember once I had like four in a row Where I was like Yo these are speaking to me Yeah You know like you're gonna be very successful one day. Just you, you know, open up the fortune cookie like your dick little.
0: <laughs> 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 oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, man. Um, jeez. Um, anyways, we got off the conversation of inflation, but it's more or less of how to beat inflation, and there's a couple things. And I have the article right here. Yikes. I hate when I pull up these articles and this shit don't. Okay, here it is. Uh, bam. All right. Nope, that's not the one. That's not that's one of the articles. But do 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 bam, there you go. All right. Timeless ways to protect yourself from inflation. And I'll just scroll down on what it says here. One is invest in stocks. Despite the lack of confidence most people express about stocks, owning some equities can be a very good way to, to combat inflation. Think of your household as a business. If a company cannot properly invest its money in projects that will deliver a return above its cost, then it, too, will fall victim to inflation. The basic premise of business success is the corporations will sell their goods at an increasing price, which will lead to elevated revenues earnings, and inevitably, stock prices. Some of the best stocks owning during inflation would be in companies that increase their prices naturally during inflation periods. Commodity resource companies are one example. Products like oil, grains, and metals enjoy pricing power during periods. Uh, where's Hold on. Uh, periods opposed to where the hell did they go? Oh, periods, commodity resource, for example, products are the oil, grains, pricing, during periods of inflation, the periods, the prices of items tend to go up as opposed to, for example, computer, blah, blah, blah. Another one, invest in a home, real estate. Uh, when done right, reasons like buying a home to live in, real estate is always a good investment. Problems occur when a buyer's goal is to flip the property they just bought at a profit. Although an experienced real estate investors are able to find hidden values in properties, the average person's should focus on purchasing a home with intent of holding it, even if only for a few years. Real estate investments do not typically generate a return within several months or weeks. They require an extensive waiting period in order for values to increase. That's not always true, is it? What?
1: It's not always true that you need to hold on to real estate. Um, I mean to to get the best bang for your buck, because well, if you're if you're trying, what they're saying is like flipping. A house is not the best uh, to to combat inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, if you buy a house, uh, and the value of the dollar goes down, you're not holding it long enough to like combat that mm-hmm. um, that inflation. Right. But um, I mean, I would suggest with any, it's the same thing with stocks. So if you buy a stock today and it goes up three dollars and you sell it tomorrow versus, like, holding that for five, six years, right. um, you know, it's just a better way to combat inflation. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Another one that says, uh, invest in yourself. By far, the best investment you can make would be uh, to be— Invest in yourself. That's it. Invest in yourself. Yeah, I heard. That's what I said. Oh. Uh, by the By far, the best investment you can— make to be prepared for an uncertain financial future is an investment in yourself one that will increase in future earning power this investment begins with quality education and continues yes, with yeah. keeping skills up to date and learning new skills that will match those yeah. uh, most needed to in the not too distant future being able to stay on top of business changing needs uh, may not only help inflation proof your salary but also recession proof your career mm, to go I, ahead I, go ahead
1: to go at that, I was having a um, conversation. I was telling you, um, for those of you may know, there's a guy named Ali. He's an engineer uh, for TDE and Kendrick Lamar and, and Nipsey Hussle and stuff. And um, he 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 owns a company called Engineers, like the like engine with the ears. But um, essentially, it's a, a website where you can. Um, like uh, hire uh, mixing engineers for music and, and mastering engineers for music and stuff like that. But we were we were talking and I basically, um, I was telling him I was like, yo, if I could do it all over again, I would probably have studied like computer science in, mm. in school because that's the that's the name of the game. And even in his in his company, he has like four or five engin- engineers in there just coding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I say that to say, like, you know, investing in yourself is – I laughed at it initially because I didn't actually know where they were going with it. But definitely um, educating yourself on, you know, something that may be um, uh, popping in the future. Like, definitely, like, if, you, if you're a person that is, doesn't really know what they want to do in, with their life and you take some Google coding class or something like that, you could get – you could literally have a – like, in our space right here – you could literally have a six figure job just sitting on your computer coding all day. You know? mm-hmm. and that just comes from like educating yourself and building your skills and stuff. Yeah,
0: like me, I don't. I, I think higher education's a good thing, but honestly, I, I'll say this too: it's good because you can get a decent job, but also you're never going to get rich from a job. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing pe- the people don't tell you. If you here's the thing: we do need professionals, so it's two things are true. But if you really want to get rich, there's ways to do that. Mm-hmm. I think getting rich is the safest way to do things in America only based on the fact that you won't be off on your ass if you make the right lucrative investments. If you have, if you have um, nine rental properties and you, and you have a decent portfolio and you have all these things, it's going to be a lot harder for you to fuck that up. But if you have one job, one job, and you lose it, your income's fucked. Yeah, You're never going to get rich from only one income. So you have to take a shot and take a chance at things and lose money. And mm-hmm. the unfortunate thing is, is when you're broke, you can't take those chances because if you take that chance, that means you can't pay rent, can't pay bills. It, there's there's a way you there's a way to get out of it. And I, I'll I'll use me as an example. What I say, the first step is you have to make more money. Yeah, you have no choice. You may have to do something you don't like. You may have to do whatever, but you have to make more money. That's Mm -hmm. the first way to become inflation-proof is you have to make money. They say more money, more problems. That's bullshit. More money, less problems. Mm -hmm. You got less problems because you have more money to resolve most of them. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now as a person that spent most of their life broke that if I had money, they would have helped me in a lot of those situations.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Family going through problems, they ain't got bills paid. If you got the money, you can help them. But if you broke just like them, can't do shit. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been times where I had to help family, recently something happened and boom, here's $700. Oh, boom, here's $650. Boom, here's $520. I'm not rich at all, but me being me having that money is different cuz most of my life I never had money to just be like, "Oh, damn, you in a jam, here's $400." Yeah. Most times I did not have that. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping it real. So by me admitting that, I know a lot of y'all don't got it. I know a lot of y'all don't. And that's not me judging you. I'm just saying that I was the person that did not have it. Yeah. So we, we gotta we gotta work on that, man. And we could complain about how expensive things are, but what are we doing to counteract that? Yeah. Get so many things. Me and Keith were talking for a while before the pod. we were talking about NFTs and you know, purchasing, you know, uh, uh, whether it's an NFT or you were trying to get a... What were you trying to purchase earlier, too?
1: Uh, Steph Curry released an NFT. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to buy that when, I, when yeah. my money drops.
0: And for those that don't know what an NFT is, it is a non-tungible, non-fungible token. Mm-hmm. And that just means that it's not replicated. Like, you can't replicate that. There's a, It's a one-of-one. One. Yeah. And we don't know exactly what the value of that is or what it's projected to be. But we kind of live in a society that puts value on things. Things don't just come with value, like we talked about the gold rush with gold. Gold is still a, a, a it's still top currency in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the gold rush happened, you seen a bunch of people with them little little pans.
1: Yeah,
0: they all over the little pans out there, standing there waiting to get some gold.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, oil was considered gold. Yeah, remember that show back in the
1: day? Called liquid gold.
0: Liquid gold, exactly. Mm-hmm. What was that? Remember that show back in the day, um, the Beverly Hillbillies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You remember seeing it?
1: They had the. Um, they came across some oil on their land, or something.
0: yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. So they hopped up in the truck and they moved to Beverly. Yeah, Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, what they call it? black
1: gold—that is Texas mm-hmm. tea. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the that's the thing for me. Like it, it annoys me when um, people are so like dismissive of certain things. So. Like the NFTs, for instance, like I was having a conversation with uh, somebody and they were just like, oh, it doesn't make sense to me. It's just kind of like dumb. I don't understand like what's going on. But it's like, n- none of this makes sense. No. Like, why is this computer $1,300? You know what I mean? Why is this camera $2,000? Right. Why are these micro, why is this, why is anything any price?
0: Right. It's not right. supposed
1: to make sense. Where, you know, you just have to have the, um, I guess be, I I would call it even being gullible. You got to be gullible enough to realize that it's not supposed to make sense, but it's money in it. Like, I, I don't understand how somebody is just right now became a millionaire off of an NFT. Yes. And there's somebody. That is not a millionaire sitting at home like, I oh, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand. Why. Yeah. Like, so? Make so money. Make money. Like That's dumb. I don't get it.
0: I, I, and my thing is, is I want to be a multimillionaire. And the reason why I want to be one is not to be the cool guy that shows off cars and all the stuff that I have and jewelry and shit. I want to be a millionaire so I could rewrite the history of my family. Yeah. You know what I mean, and if mm-hmm. if I have a wife and kids, they will have a diff- I will have things to pass down to them, and I also want to be of service to others. Mm-hmm. So if I'm making seventy five million dollars, then and I see situations going on in my city of Bakersfield, I can go to homeless shelters and 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 and, and house people who are on the brink of moving out of homeless shelters and you know, uh give money to certain places and help people pay utilities. You know, I thought about like things I wanted to do in the community because it's times of the year where people are starving. I could I could go to Food Max and buy five hundred fucking, you know, five or six hundred uh uh food max cars with three hundred dollars a piece on them and just give them to people in need. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things that I want to do to help people, but also empower my family at the same time. Yeah. So in order to do that, you got to take risk. Yeah. And those risks include got to be in the game. You got to be in the game investing in the NFTs. You have to have the foresight to say, "Hey, look, this is what I want to get involved in." And I have and you're figuring it out at the same time. And you lose you might be losing $700 here, and then you just made $200. That $200 makes you happy because you know
1: that you're making money doing something that hardly anybody's involved in. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think even too, like, I see things that happen, that are happening around me, and I'm like, yo, I just wish I was in a better position to right. do. Because, like, for instance, they're selling this, or they were selling this building. Oh, yeah. Um, But the, the thing fell through or whatever. But I just thought about it, and I looked at some of the numbers, it was however many millions of dollars. I was like, man, if I was just... Like three, million. you know, a little further, further along, like it wouldn't be nothing to, and you obviously wouldn't pay three million dollars up front. Mm-mm. But no, um, if I was a little further along, I could have been in the game and I could have bought this building, renov- renovated it, turned it into a much cooler, more modern space. Just, but I see, like, because they're trying to renovate downtown Bakersfield, and if any any of our listeners live here, they know if you drive down there, they have the uh, the Bitwise building where they an uh, old historic print company. They tore everything down, gutted it out, and, you know, they made it a more modern, uh, chic place. And, you know, it would be so dope. Like, you know, I have so many ideas of my own. Like, And you see these things happening around you, and you realize that what a lot of those people did was invest in Apple, invest in yeah. Google, and all these things however many years ago. And now they're just flipping their money in a, in yeah. a different way. But you got to be in the game. You got to trigger. Be. You have to trigger the wealth. So yeah. whatever, whatever lucrative
0: investment they made initially, they didn't just sit on that. They found other ways to make more money. Mm-hmm. So like for this building, I think it was a $3.38 million or something mm-hmm. like that. I wonder I, how, but
1: that's what he. I think that's what he bought it for. Oh, that's what he bought it yeah, for. Yeah, I think so. I wonder how much, what percentage of that you have to pay up for uh, I don't know about commercial, commercial buildings. It's probably like 20%, though. Mm. Yeah, so I would say I don't know, like six hundred thousand something. like wow. that. Wow! And you think about how cheap that is, and it's like, and you,
0: people say that's not cheap. I don't have six hundred thousand dollars, but <laughs> from a business standpoint, that's a good deal. Mm-hmm. Was there twenty-seven um, occupants
1: here, twenty-seven uh, rooms? I don't know. I think that's what it said. Uh-huh. Is it more than that? I have, yeah, I have no idea. But on every floor, I mean, it makes sense. It's like five floors. It's Uh, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't say. Mm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, this is that. I think, and it's always, it's always like people in the, you know, it's tenants that have been here for for so many years. So it's always been been filled up. And this is a
0: pretty big space. Yeah. Mm hmm.
1: Just the room alone is like a decent size for it. You could do whatever you want to in here. If you had whatever company, if you had a freaking massage parlor, you can have I'll
0: say this. Me and Keith are just two guys from Bakersfield, but we took it upon ourselves to, you know, um, initially, well, Keith invested in the space. Um, I went in, and and as a collaborative, we pay to be at this space. Um, But, you know, we've got sound equipment. We've got an actual space to record in. Yeah. We got lighting in here. Well, we got acoustic paneling in here. We got the freaking laptop. We got another monitor. We got cameras. We got all kinds of shit. And we're just two guys. Yeah. We're just two guys that are serious about what we want to do. And I think that that kind of carries over to um, other avenues finances, health, all those things. Mm -hmm. This kind of bleeds into what we talked about earlier, but like, I just want to be the most able me I can be. You know, when I actually do, you know, meet that woman or whatever, like Mm -hmm. being more financially sound in very great shape, um, very well read on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Because not only can I offer that the woman that, but if I want a female comparable to me, she's going to help level me up. Mm -hmm. She's going to know some shit to help me out. Yeah. You know, but you can't expect that if you, you know. Are willing to take risk?
1: Yeah, I think I think um, one thing I was thinking about going back to that initial conversation about uh, New Year's and, stuff and motivation and stuff is uh, one thing we have to do is we have to stop waiting on people. Yeah, you I think stop that um, shit. I was talking to my mom earlier. My mom wants to buy a house, and I was trying to explain to her, um, you know, I was trying to simplify it for her because you know when you when you think about buying a house, it's just, it's just this huge thing that we think about with paperwork and yeah. credit scores and money you got to invest and in, stuff like that. Um, and she was telling me um, that her credit wasn't, like, her credit wasn't right, and she was waiting on my aunt to help her, you know, get her credit right and stuff like that. And she was like, yeah, like, shoot. I was like, so would it, like, I, you know, for me, I'm like, what's the action? What's the actionable thing that we're going to do to help you buy a house, right? And, um... She's like, well, yeah, I'm, you know, I heard such and such would, um, you know, that credit got really good because they did this, and if so, if something is on your credit for however many, uh, years, that it fall off, and you can, um, you can, uh, which I forgot the term, but basically go against certain things that are popping up on your credit, um, and she was like, but I'm waiting on, wh- who was my aunt? She was like, I'm waiting on, you know, such an, my, I'm not gonna say her name, but I'm waiting on my sister to, Uh, help me get my credit right and i was like you can't like i was like i'm sorry mom but you can't wait on her to help you out like she got her own life she got stuff going on and it's something that you can technically you know do on your own so it's just like it's just one of those things where i think oftentimes like um people will make a Make themselves believe that you know if they're waiting on something and something is not getting done and they can't they can't do it and I think that's that's dangerous and I told her I was like if you're waiting on her to help you with your credit you're gonna be waiting a whole another year oh yeah because you know you're moving on her time yeah. and I think and I I even had a I had a friend that was uh he 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 liked to make music and make beats and stuff like that and he was actually good at making beats but he would always make an excuse as to um, him not having a computer or him not having whatever. Like, he, w- he would have to wait on me to to make music or, you know, he would have to wait on the engineer to mix it or somebody to come fix his computer. It was always, like, something that he was waiting on. And I think that that is something that we just kind of make ourselves believe. But if you really want to get something, one, it's not going to be easy. And two, like, you have to be proactive. Like, you can't, yeah. like, you can't, like... Um, like slide sli- slither and slide your way through life. Like you got to be a person that is like yeah. actively doing things.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, and trying to figure things out, trust me, me and Keith had these conversations, trying to figure something out without even knowing what, like not having the base to figure it out. It's almost like an albatross around your neck. Like you're mm-hmm. trying to figure this shit out. You don't know where to start. But your passion and your willingness to want to learn will drive you anyways. Mm-hmm. So you may not know shit about real estate. You may not know nothing about NFTs. You may not know anything about Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, anything. And the fact that you want to know will automatically teach you more. The curiosity. The curiosity, mm-hmm. the, the the
1: spark of curiosity is going to take you even further. That's what know? I was doing on Christmas, like – um, not was it Christmas because we had we had went to this this cabin uh over like Christmas weekend and um part of you know what you were talking about earlier about me trying to buy an NFT but like I was doing that on Christmas and it was some downtime like you know you hanging around your family for yeah, a weekend yeah, yeah. like you don't want to be in each other's face all the time but yeah yeah, yeah. um but that's what I was doing. I was like, man, I'm like figuring it out, like taking a minute to step away because it's kind of like frustrating and you don't know exactly what you're doing and then coming back and trying to like, you know, do some more stuff and then leaving it. Like that, that was like the process of it. But just kind of like leaning into that curiosity because it, it now is starting to make more sense. But I think initially I was like, I don't get it, but I see people making money. So it's, it's very interesting to me yeah. and very intriguing to me. Um, but letting that curiosity drive you into, you know, continuing to uh try to pursue it.
0: I feel like there's the the people that, you know, have put the value on these NFTs, like these people are they were at the forefront of it and they're already fucking rich. Yeah. And then you see like Tom Bradys and Snoop Dogs and all these people who are getting NFTs or Buying things in the metaverse or whatnot, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Fuck! How can I get involved? Am I too late?" And I don't think you're too late, because I, I don't think we really know the value of NFTs. I feel like there's a parallel between podcasts and NFTs, mm-hmm. and the reason why is we didn't know the value of podcasting to these to these podcasters start getting paid a lot of fucking money. Yeah, we didn't know, you know, Joe Rogan gets a over a hundred million dollar contract. We like, whoa. Mm-hmm. There is value in this shit. Mm-hmm. Not only him, the girl from Caller Duddy podcast got sixty million dollars. Mm-hmm. This is the woman who specializes in talking about dicks. Yeah, sixty million dollars. Mm-hmm. So if you're wondering why we do these podcasts every week, it's not only because we love doing it, but we realize that it's an investment, and we feel that me and Keith can be a top ranking podcast that we can monetize this passion. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, man, like NFTs are almost the same thing, except like this is like NFTs in their infancy
1: right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's not really in its infancy, I wouldn't say, but. It's probably some guys and maybe even some listeners that probably knew about NFTs mm-hmm. a year ago. Yeah. Two years ago, like, you know, but it's just, it's just kind of like become pop culture. Yeah. And I think I was, I was telling you this before, but with the NFTs, it's it's kind of like Doge, like how Dogecoin was, like, popping, and uh, Elon Musk was all on SNL talking about it and saying it, and, you know, everybody was like, oh, you should invest, you should invest. Um, and then that, that kind of, like, quieted down. Now, now um, trading is kind of back into a space where it's not, like, everybody's the topic of everybody's conversation. Um, but people are still making a lot of money. So I yes. think, like, NFTs right now, they're in a space where everybody and their mama is talking about it. Um and, you know, it's, it's going to be a drop off to where like, you know, maybe things aren't as popping anymore. But I do believe that they'll be around for forever. So, yeah, yeah you just kind of got to you kind of got to wait, wait, uh, wait the storm because, you know, it's just it's kind of it's kind of bananas right now. With so much information It's probably YouTube videos every other minute coming out, you know, talking about people that are doing it. I've seen I actually seen a TikTok and the, the beautiful thing about NFTs is that there's there's an, a royalty associated with, um, with purchasing them. And like I said, I'm not no expert, but basically the guy, he broke down how you could purchase an NFT and he was essentially like making uh, almost like a few, it was probably a few hundred dollars every week because he purchased something and he was, like, holding it in a, in a certain way. And I don't know exactly how he did that. Was it developed. the same video where he's talking about, like about the blockchain and whatnot? I don't know if it was the same. I don't remember. I just know he was like, hey, all you have to do is go to this website, purchase this NFT, oh, hold it for whatever capacity, and then every week you will earn this amount of money. And obviously, he, he kind of uh, did all of this in, like, under a minute, but... It's probably somewhere in my like videos. You know what's funny about the whole conversation of the metaverse and
0: NFTs? I guarantee you there is some fucking high school kid that's really nerdy and he has like two other really nerdy friends and they like they play computer games, but they know the ins and outs of NFTs in the metaverse. Yeah. And I and those are the guys that are the movers and shakers that you know create the world we live. They create these laptops they create the software of these things they create windows they create and they all started off
1: as like you know teenage nerds and it's like fuck man that same that same person i was saying like was kind of like making fun of the nfts um in that conversation they made made fun of like virtual real estate and that's when i was just like oh they just they just don't get it they don't get it like it doesn't it doesn't matter what you feel about Uh, virtual real estate like people are making money here's the thing you don't need to get it to get
0: it yeah like if you don't get something what you need to get is that people are making money Mm -hmm. and you need to try to find out how they're doing it and make sense of how they're doing it and then invest in that Mm -hmm. but it's like dog like i'm not gonna dismiss something that people are monetizing and making money on that's the reason why a lot of people stay in poverty because they're too afraid to take any
1: risk, and that keeps you in poverty. You have to take a risk. The, the thing about it is, like, the people that are, the I don't get it people, what annoys me the most is that the maybe top 10 most successful companies in the world, in Facebook, change the name of their company to Meta, because mm-hmm. they're building the metaverse. Yeah. So it's like, if Mark whatever Mark Zuckerberg does, or Elon Musk does, or you know, I don't know the people that own Google, but these, these, uh, these huge conglomerates or whatever, mm-hmm. um, just follow their lead. Yeah, and you'll be very successful. If I mean, we
0: could put this in football terms because me and Keith used to play football back in the day. Yeah, and on defense, if the other team is running like an I formation and they got a fullback back there, eighty percent of the time where the fullback goes is where the play is yeah. going. So, if you follow the fullback, that's where the play is coming behind them. Mm-hmm. So, to correlate this, if you see Mark Zuckerberg... And he's a it,
1: fullback. <laughs> and he's
0: a fucking fullback, and he's calling it the metaverse. <laughs> you might want to look into where he's going. Yeah.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, I, yeah. People make it... That's the thing, like, and what annoys me about uh, people that trade stocks as well, because my portfolio is, is, is decent, um, but... I simplify I try to simplify my life but I definitely simplified the way that I look at stocks. There are a lot of people that are like, "Oh man, like I'm I'm looking at uh, you know, I'm hearing that such and such medical company is going to go crazy next year and mm. this um, they're saying this tech company that creates these chips for whatever company is going to is going to explode next." I'm like, "Why are you why are you like it annoys me so much. Like why are you overcomplicating this? Buy Google, buy Apple, buy Amazon." <laughs> like why why are you trying to like be a ge- a genius stock um trader yeah like i, I don't understand that so um kind of to your point like why are we why is a fullback hitting the hole but we trying to bounce it outside you know what i mean yeah. This is so dumb yeah it's true man there's a lot there's a lot that me and Keith
0: both don't know mm-hmm. but i think that the the initial investment is in information mhm and when you have enough information to make sound judgment there will be some form of money making that comes from that, and then you will continue to learn. I guarantee you. Like, what I'm, I'm really open to new information. So you can get. Sometimes we could get a couple hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars worth of information, and we don't realize it. You know that guy that you ran into randomly at the airport, mm-hmm. and you know he was going on a business trip. If you really asked him, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" He could have gave you two hundred thousand dollars of information. He could have said, "Hey, yeah. Um, regarding the NFT, this NFT is really hot right now." He's like, "I work with this company. This is what I'm doing." And if he's like, "Yeah, this is my portfolio," he pulls his fucking BlackBerry up and he's got all these. Dip- like, if this guy is a business guy and he's telling you this, and he has the not
1: only the proof of concept, but like if he has proof that he's doing this, yeah. Like- what happens with those situations? Like, I feel like if you tell something, somebody something too casually then um, they won't act on it in a sense. Like, That's for, true. For me, like I tell people all the time, like, hey, you should start your own business. Hey, like, you know, mm-hmm. I sell these pops online. Like, mm-hmm. you could do the same thing. Like, I'm telling people this um, in, in hopes that they would do it. I don't want to waste my time in that capacity. Yeah. But but you, unless, I mean, maybe if I showed them my bank account or like mm-hmm. how much money I made or like showed them my investments or whatever, mm-hmm. maybe they would believe it, but it shouldn't even take that. It should be be like, what well, people should see about me, at least, is that I don't clock into a uh, clock into any job. I don't work for any anyone, So they should be like, "Dang, I wish." I just wish people was more curious about like what's really going on over we here. We
0: live in a society where people don't celebrate entrepreneurship until they actually buy something from an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and they don't even realize it. Mm. Like we celebrate entrepreneurs. But we don't celebrate them. Mm-hmm. So if you're the idea in, of it, yeah, we don't celebrate the idea of it because there's a whole grind involved and a whole mm-hmm. subculture that they will never comprehend. Mm-hmm. But here's another problem, though. Um, <clears throat> if you tell somebody, "Hey, look, if you do this, I sell this. You can do this," and you do it kind of nonchalant, but you're trying to empower a person. With you can empower someone with information, mm-hmm. but the problem is, is if it, if it was them in their mind, they were like, "I would hoard this information. No, it's mine." I'm not giving you anything. This is my information. And since they comprehend it that way, and they feel like if I knew all this, I wouldn't tell anyone shit. So when you're
1: openly telling them that, they're like, oh,
0: he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about.
1: You, you know why people like that, like su- super successful people, aren't afraid to like share information? Right. Is it because they know the person they're telling it to is not going to do anything? <laughs> so it's not even competitive. Yeah, it's true. Like even when I was telling you about the pops and stuff, like I gave you know, some people, are, like a whole rundown, like you can go get your business license here, you can use this website to, mm-hmm. to purchase your pops, you could do this. He's like, man, is it, you know, is it going to interfere with what you got going on? I'm like, no, nah, dog, like, you know, there's so many pops out there, I'm not even, yeah. I'm not even worried about that. Yeah. Um, and like, you know it didn't affect it didn't affect me in any way. So even even for me like I'll tell somebody like hey you should buy this stock or you should do this yeah. with your money or whatever um and then you realize that you know you're not creating a competitor because only 1% of those people are going to do anything. Right.
0: And me I'm I'm just a truck driver but even the the type of contacts that I've made you know <laughs> you wouldn't think that a person that has no real like business savvy classes and stuff would do that. But I've made contacts and found things at certain price points and had ideas of what I wanted to sell something for because I genuinely care about it. Yeah. But if somebody else wanted to do it, I would totally be like, hey, you could do this, this, and that. But it goes back to, once again, they're probably not going to do it. It's just, yeah. You could give somebody a whole diet plan, and they're just going to go right back to eating Hot Cheetos. Yeah. We
1: told people. I have gave many... Uh camera suggestions, yeah. podcast equipment suggestions. Yeah. The whole nine. I mean, even like even to a point to where people would be like, Hey, like am I would if, if I talk about such and such subject matter, would I be competing with you? And I'm like, nah, man, no, man, like do do whatever like you, no matter what, you're not gonna have the same podcast as me no, because my brain is different. Eddie's brain is different. Like you're a different person. It doesn't even even if we talked about the same thing, um we're not competing. No, this is this is a. I don't even think they they will create a competition with uh you know Spotify rankings and stuff like right. that just for the sake of like you know conversation, but million dollars worth of game is not competing with brilliant brilliant idiots. No. Like I listen to to both of the podcasts and I don't think and I don't think to myself when I'm listening to it like man this podcast was better than brilliant idiots or yeah. than this podcast or Joe not Rogan's podcast all. was just a little bit better than the, no. you know it's just no. like it's th- we're in a space where um Competition and this—I hate to even coin it like this—but it's just a social construct that That's we've, all is, that we've yeah. created. Like when it comes to who's the best basketball player, it doesn't really matter who's no. who's the greatest. This who's the best rapper? Too. Yeah, it's like all that stuff. It doesn't mean anything. We're in a space where, you know, if Eddie buy an NFT and if I buy an NFT, we both gonna be rich. Not like if I buy one and Eddie don't buy Eddie buy one, then I'm gonna be richer than him. Like it doesn't even even matter. Not
0: at all. My my objective is for us to be rich together. Yeah. You know? Mm And you know, we we both make a lucrative investment that's just boom. And me and Keith already know, all right, cool. Instead of like eating off that, like let's say me and Keith made fifty thousand off of some NFT or whatever. It'd be like, all right. We need to move that fifty k. Mm-hmm. Like we need to move that somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. we we can't sit here and act like fifty k is a lot of money. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's not- but the re- the um the more money that I've seen and touched, the more I realize like um you can run through this money very fast. very fast. Yeah. Because I, I was looking at it right. So say say you acquire um say you get like don't you know 50000 You come across 50000 And then you realize um, maybe in a year, maybe a year and some change, if you didn't grow that money um, and you were just paying rent with that money, it's that gone. Is gone. It's gone. So you're like, dang, at one point I had $50,000, mm-hmm. but in a matter of a few months, it's gone because I didn't do nothing to make that money grow. Yeah. Yeah. There and there are things fifty
0: thousand dollars you can. You, there's things you can invest in that will get you that back. Yeah, you
1: had to change your life. For oh, sure. oh, for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Like if you're a person that is, let's say you have a product that's selling pretty good, but you don't have like I guess the infrastructure or you know certain setups, you can take that fifty thousand dollars and be like, hey, let me get this temporary employee, you know, to help me really run it up and sell yeah, this. Yeah, you, you know, paying look,
1: them however x amount of dollars per hour. Yeah,
0: and you, and then not only that you are creating double the product mm-hmm. because you have that person there and yes, you have someone on payroll but you are getting out more product which is giving you more money back and it, all it took out of that 50K, you probably had to spend 30,000 of it. So, yeah. that's that's the thing, man. Like, What sucks is this, like, you have to start finding these entrepreneurial, um, how do you say it? You have to find this entrepreneurial spirit especially if a person that comes from poverty.
1: You want to grow a business? That's, that's entrepreneurship. One one thing I will say, too, like, not everybody has it figured it out, uh, has it figured out. I, I know a lot of, and I think everybody's lacking in some capacity. Like, somebody could come to our podcast and be like, hey, you know, I'm a up-and-coming, whatever. I could help you all in this way. If y'all did this, y'all can grow your numbers here, whatever. And I... For me, I'm the same person like, you know, I was telling when we met with Ali, like he's building this, uh, he's building his business and he needs help in different capacities. And I was in there walking through his his setup or whatever, like, yo, if I was right here, I would definitely know what to do. Or like if they got some video content that they need to do, I could help them in this capacity or whatever the case may be. So one thing that, you know, a lot of people, you know, this is like a whole separate thing, but about kind of being an entrepreneur is like, you know bringing value to a situation and i i think for me i am like underutilized in the business space in bakersfield because i feel like i could bring a lot of value to people and i try to reach out to people but you know people don't be hitting me back whatever the case may be but (laughs) 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 But, um you know that's that's just another way like if you got a skill set that could be utilized in some capacity um you know, you know, just approach people and try to bring value to a situation. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. I hope we didn't bore people with this conversation
0: about inflation or money.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, mean, it's it's like, it's one of those things where we talked about it, um, in for maybe 30 minutes or so, mm-hmm. but it's still so much more information it's that so much we, more. we don't even know and right. you know, that they may not even know. But I, I just hope like above anything that it just kind of triggers something. Cause I, I, the, the space or the success that I have now was because I came across some information and it triggered like this wormhole of like, yeah. So like, dang, a podcast.
0: There are some people that listen to this podcast that like have million, millions of dollars worth of potential. They do something that people like, but they never have doubled down on it. Mm -hmm. Maybe the cupcakes that you make that you think, oh, they're good, but I only make them seasonally. Well, what if you opened up a shop? Hmm. Yeah. wonder what that would do. People That's talk, if people have been talking about the cupcakes you make and they be talking about them worldwide, like, girl, you only make them this much, you need to make them again.
1: That sparks something right now because my girl be making cookies that everybody be like, yo, these is fire. Like yeah. every holiday season, I think uh, I might have to do something with
0: that. Who knows, Package man. them up. Yeah. Yeah. You got to understand, like, there's so many things that we do that we don't see money in it, and there's money in that. Mm hmm but we just go back to the same jobs that we don't desire all the time. Yeah. Like can you imagine? Think about this. Can you imagine how it would feel to wake up and be like, "Oh man, i feel like going back to bed." Yeah. Cuz you could you get to literally do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> You're not on anyone's clock, yeah. anything. My my objective That's a
1: beautiful feeling yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. My objective is is I could see this, right? I'm waking up, I'm chilling. I get up, do what I do. My chef's in there making me breakfast. Boom. I got a chef in there making me breakfast. I got this huge house on umpteenth square feet. Huge TV, huge area in the middle. I got my own gym. I got all this going on. Mm -hmm. I've got a built in studio at my house Mm -hmm. so we can have guests come over. We're interviewing, you know, Jamie Foxx and Kevin Hart and, you know, Michael B. Jordan and Denzel Washington and Mm -hmm. Joe Rogan and Mm -hmm. all these other people. And I and the thing about it is, I'm thinking big like that, and people could laugh and call me stupid or delusional, or you guys aren't that great, and that's fine because that's the same type of reality that all these people that I just mentioned, their family pushed back on that, everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's cool, man. But mm-hmm. I see myself there someday. Don't know when that is. I, I mean, that you can't quantify when that's gonna happen. But
1: even even in that space, what you're talking about, like when they reach a certain success level, um, they still get boxed in. So not only yes. like at the beginning of their careers where it's like, oh, you know, Jamie Foxx, you think you could do stand-up? Not only that, but also when they're already famous but they're trying to like shift in their careers. So you think about uh, Jamie Foxx, you know, he, he comes on the scene as um, more of a, a comedic actor. Like, oh, you right. can't do a serious role. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't, you know, you can't make music. Oh, you can't, you know, do this. And then you win a Grammy and then you win an Oscar and all these different things. So even like, you know, even when we are successful and, you know, we are our podcast is being heard by thousands of people, there are gonna be people that are be that are trying to box us in and that, like, oh, you guys can't do radio, or, oh you can't yeah. you can't have a T V show or whatever. So You can't tell me you there. can't
0: tell me what I or what I can and cannot do if I know what I do at a high level. Yeah. Like we we're me and Keith are conversationalists. We conversationalists. Mm-hmm. And yes, that's a word. You can use a dictionary to find it. But mm-hmm. um we have conversations at a high level. Mm-hmm. You know, we think on the fly, we don't bullshit people, we don't waste people's time. We get right into content. We're consistent. We do what we do at a professional level. Mm-hmm. The same amount of content. There are your favorite podcasts that everyone listens to, whoever. The only one that is more consistent than us is people like Joe Rogan and mm-hmm. maybe a couple other, but we literally have done this every week for freaking 190, uh, every week. we did some podcasts some weeks where we did two podcasts. Yeah. So I say 196 weeks out of 198, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been here every single week. Mm-hmm. And this is the level of freaking, what do you call it, uh, tenacity and energy yeah. you have to have towards things.
1: Only to have about a hundred listens per episode. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? You
0: know, we're we're getting up there now 120, 150, mm-hmm. 175 listens per episode. Five hundred, nine hundred. Ep- like our our highest listened episode has almost a thousand listens, like mm-hmm. nine hundred something.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm not trying to diminish our accomplishments. No, no, not but at I'm all. saying like that's what it takes to to be just get that
0: a hundred listen. Yeah, if somebody's listening to your podcast for years. And you're not, you're not like, we're not these figures. We're not these like popular figures. We're two guys, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're getting that amount of attention. Imagine, just imagine what it's going to be like when we quadruple that this year. We had, we had plus, we had 52% more lessons last year than the year before. Mm -hmm. This year, man, I'm going for no less than 85%. No less than 85, man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to have over. I want to have freaking close to a hundred thousand minimum. Just keep
1: hitting them over the head.
0: Yeah, you got to keep hitting mm-hmm. them, man. There's gonna be something that's gonna spark this year. That's gonna really get us going. Yeah. And that's when the dollar signs are gonna start coming in. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, we want to keep uh, what do you call it regurgitating the same things. But yeah, we appreciate you switching gears. Um, Trey Songs um has some allegations of very stiff allegations, also. Allegations of RAPE. I don't even want to say the word. <laughs> yeah. Uh Trey Songs accused of being a rapist amid amid sexual assault allegations. RB star Trey Songs has come under fire for his alleged history of sexual assault after accusations of being a rapist were leave levied uh recently against the singer, against the singer. What? Recently against the singer. The backlash began after basketball star and artist Dylan Gonzalez posted a tweet casting songs as a sexual abuser, writing Trey songs a rapist. Lord forgive me, I couldn't hold on, uh, hold on that in another year. See you in 2022. While Gonzalez didn't add any context to her accusation, she is not the first public first to publicly put songs on blast for his alleged track record. Several other women have shared their their harrowing encounters. With the bottoms up singer in 2017, actress Kiki Palmer Q's songs. Of, you can't put
1: the mm-hmm. you can't put the bottoms up singer with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> bottoms <laughs> up, bottoms up. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's not a good They like, knew what they was doing. They, with that. Yeah, they knew they was doing with that. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to create like a parallel between rape and bottoms up. Great job. Great job, buddy. <laughs> oh great man, job with that's that. That's
1: hilarious. Yeah.
0: It's not supposed to be hilarious, but <laughs> great job to whoever wrote this. Um uh, Kiki Palmer accused songs of using sexual intimidation to persuade her to appear in the music video for a single. Pick up the phone and alleged that she hid in a closet in attempt to thwart off his advances after you found me in the closet hiding because I was so afraid of any 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 more conflict. Palmer wrote in the series since deleted tweets. Literally my last option was to hide because you all would not listen when I when I said I did not want to be in the fr- video. The first time songs has refuted Palmer's allegations in November. TMZ reported that authorities in Las Vegas opened an investigation into sexual assault allegations made against the singer stemming from an alleged incident at the cosmopolitan of Las Vegas hotel songs who was thrown, who was in town celebrating his 37th birthday. uh, is said to have arrived at the hotel with his entourage and group of women following a performance. uh, According to sources, Earlier this year, Song settled a 10 million civil law civil suit from a sexual assault accuser, but has maintained his innocence at every stop and says that his allegations against him do a disservice to actual assault survivors. This is what he said in quote, and I'm going to give you the uh, the definition of Freud Freudism. I think it's called Freudism. Okay, this is what he said in, in quote. I usually stay quiet on this, but I feel that in many ways, the movement to fight for the her women who actually have suffered harassment and abuse on various levels has been hijacked by those who find it convenient for themselves to come up as they seek to destroy someone's life. He wrote an August 2020 tweet addressing allegations made by Selena Powell and her friend on No Jumper podcast. Now, I'm going to give you the definition of Freudism. Now, and this is a good this is a good definition because I seen um, there was a uh, Darren Sharper, an ex NFL player, turned out to be a serial rapist, and he tried to put out this public perception as well. Uh, here it is, basically, or they call it fraudism or fraud. It says, hold on, where is it at? No, it's got the wrong definition. Anyways, it's basically a person that puts out a public perception to look like something they're not or to throw you off. Um, I'll say this, and this is for the ladies out there. You have to understand that looking like a creep doesn't have a look. When people say creep, you think about some dude that's got crazy hair or he's trying to touch somebody he shouldn't be touching. A serial rapist can look like Michael B. Jordan. Mm -hmm. A serial rapist can look like Trey Songz or Chris Brown. And what happens is women get a little too comfortable around motherfuckers like this. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to blame anything on the women, but I'm just saying it's a lot easier to trust a celebrity that's handsome and rich. Mm -hmm. And once he gets you in that room or gets you somewhere or gets you in a position where he's doing something he shouldn't be doing... It's a lot harder for society, not for the general public is less likely to believe a woman in that situation. They're more likely to believe a Trey Songs. Now, this is all alleged, so I'm not here to call Trey Songs a rapist, but what I am here to say is he has put himself in some pretty uh, situations. Uh, <laughs> that,
1: that was my take, right? And I want you to finish your point, but mm-hmm. I, the, uh, the, for him to be associated with these, different people right Mm -hmm. so like um for example like if if a a person like selena powell had came out and said you know keith had done whatever to her i have receipts to uh, let you know that i have never met this person in my life Mm. but for trey song's um, and we're not saying he's guilty or innocent, but I'm just saying like in some way, shape or form, he was still associated with some of these people, the Selena Pals and Eliza or whatever her name is, or Kiki Palmer. We know for a fact that he was at the party or festivities with, with her or, um, you know, whoever, whoever the other people were. So I, I just say like, when it comes to, um, the best way, it's like, Kind of how they talk about like, um you know, preventing yourself from having STds or whatever. the only way to do that is to be uh, abstinent. um the same way with like dealing with these people, whether this is real or not, you're still dealing with like messy people. yeah, I just think that's just dangerous in in general,
0: yeah, and he's fucking old. he's well, he's thirty seven years old, still mm. rolling with an entourage and having these allegations. and like it's just. You're too old to be doing this. That's one, that's one of the biggest red flags right there. Grown mm-hmm. ass man and still dealing with like Instagram models and whatnot. Yeah. And it's like, bro. And then the thing about it though, there's just and there's a lot of regular women that just are out in the world. And this is what women don't understand, too. Being a very sexually attractive woman can put you in places that no one would expect. You could be Cindy that goes to Cal State, but you find as hell, you got a big booty. And all of a sudden you get a follow from Trey Songs.
1: Mm-hmm. That's how it really works. I mean, we know women in Bakersfield that have dated Blueface.
0: Blueface and YG. Like, mm-hmm. like being a beautiful woman will get you in places and spaces that most people wouldn't think you could. I've mm-hmm. known regular plain Jane women that have dated players that play for the Dodgers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, all you gotta do is look good and it will get you in that space, but you have to be careful which pace you going, because you could be going straight to a fucking predator. Mm-hmm. Straight to a predator. Darren Sharper was in the NFL for, I think, like 13 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and the 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 argument that a lot of people had, it was like, uh-uh, these women is just after him. It's so sick. You mm-hmm. know, Darren Sharper, he's handsome. He got money. Why would he need to rape anybody? Mm-hmm. And people was really using that as a justification for the fact that multiple women from different states— was fucking accusing him of rape. Mm-hmm. Turns out this motherfucker was, before he got arrested, he went on just a terror, like a tear. It was like four different women in one month mm-hmm. that reported him drugging them. Yeah. And taking advantage of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, like it, it's crazy. And what's crazy too is there's a lot of women are willing to do more for men. They just automatically trust these celebrities because you know them from their music you feel like you know them when you don't know them Mm -hmm. a handsome face with money that you listen to their music you've invested in that person so much but they don't know you to to them you are a piece of garbage that they could ball up and throw in the trash can Mm -hmm. they don't give a fuck about you you are infatuated with them and you care about them more than they care about you Mm -hmm. so what's stopping them from doing the most unthinkable shit to you yeah. I'm saying this to protect women. I'm not saying this as a man that's trying to blame you for anything. Yeah. I'm saying this because you guys be smarter and be more intentional with who you're around mm-hmm. because you could be going around a bunch of predators. Yeah. And, and a lot of these, you got to realize too, some of the biggest predators, it might not even be like a Trey Songs, but it could be someone in his entourage. Mm-hmm. It could be a dude that wants to be Trey Songs, but he can't, so he's going to be drugging girls.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a danger in, like, even for uh, um, a person of that stature, of that power, when they tend to get what they want. So, like, say, for example, um, you know, you get groupies all day long or just singers and whoever's sliding in your DMs, and they'll do anything and everything you want them to do, and you think that um, that is the norm, and then you come across somebody that doesn't necessarily want to do the things that you are telling them to do and you're thinking that, you think in that and there's always like this like cat and mouse game that you play with women right when it's just like no stop but you really know that they like yeah. want you to you know that's that so that's the danger in that so like even for you know a person of stature and power and fame you know they may think that that no stop or whatever is just like a a uh, innocent like behavior uh, or response to what you're doing but yeah but
0: it comes from an entitlement though yeah exactly they feeling they feeling these guys feel entitled to your body Mm -hmm. once you've you know once you got them in a position he's not used to women telling him no because i'm trey songs yeah how the fuck you gonna tell me no you lucky you came in my yacht Mm -hmm. that's how these guys be thinking the amount of narcissism and entitlement that they have towards a lot of these women, mm-hmm. and then you get up there and you think it's going to be a good time, and that he's going to value and treat you good. Maybe in your mind, the amount of delusion you think, like maybe I could be his girlfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. it, and then the the unthinkable happens. You know. Yeah. So it's, it's, I
1: think I think it's a. I think for, I guess anybody after, like if you're. I, I won't. I won't put an age limit on like settling down. Mm-hmm. But I think if you see a certain, you know, a certain person in there past a certain age, and they're just still like real worldly in yeah, a sense, like, never they haven't change. really changed their ways. I, I think that's dangerous in itself. Yeah, like, you know, very. obviously, you know, women find certain celebrities attractive, but if you got a uh, some rapper that's forty years old and still like. Getting hoes and you know at the club, yes, standing on couches and stuff and stuff like that. I think that's like that's sketchy in itself. Like I would, you know, I would try to stay away from that. Cause I mean, even even with that, there's a lot of uh, rappers that have been around that that really have like real relationships now. You know, they're married and settled down and stuff like that. Um, guys like Nori and Gilly, you know, these are guys that are actually out here married and whatnot. But for the 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 rapper that is like. Started rapping in the 2000s or a singer, or whatever, and they still out here like just getting hoes. It's just it's like, like staying oh, away man. from these. Yeah,
0: dudes. you got to grow. Up. At some point, you got to grow up, dog.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like one of the, you got to be a man before you a man in a relationship, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you have to start developing good habits of who you are as a man before you can be that with a woman. Mm-hmm. So you don't go from just fucking every different, every different girl in the streets and then all of a sudden you now you in a healthy relationship.
1: It also doesn't look as cool as it used to. Like, for Trey Songz to be 37 and be like, it's Mr. Studio Girl. Like, it don't hit the same. It's, it's like, you about 20s. to get an
0: AARP card, motherfucker. <laughs> you shouldn't be selling people's girls. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, that yeah. shit is crazy. It just becomes less It becomes less believable as you get older. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes I see, like, like, and there's no slight to Genuine, but because Genuine's a decent artist. But you'd be seeing him performing some of those songs, and you're like, yeah, this guy is definitely
1: over. <laughs> if
0: you're horny, let's do it. That's my jam. Ride it, mm-hmm. my pawn, and his hip is getting bad. He be like, <laughs> what, what, what was dope is like back in the '90s when like certain songs came out. Those like ad libs in the background was like little sound effects it was mm-hmm. so funny. Mm-hmm. Girl, 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 yeah. t- t- girl, girl, <laughs> girl, <laughs> k-
1: k- that's Timbo.
0: Yeah, that is Tim. Yeah. Tim back in the day he was notorious for that baby noise for Aaliyah. Yeah.
1: There's a it's, it's a funny video. Um of, there's a dude named Act Clemons, Clemens and he's like a a singer songwriter. And uh Justin Timberlake. I seen that. There in the studio. Like you, brought the like, like you brought the baby back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Justin Timberlake is so fucking dope. He is so, I don't see. He was
1: playing the slaps the other day, huh? Yeah
0: yeah, the the other day, yeah, yeah, dude. Justin Timberlake got a cold, he got a cold catalog. For sure, yeah. Justin Timberlake got a super cold catalog, bro. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of
1: my favorite artists.
0: Yeah, he definitely is dope. He was one of the, he was the only dude from them boy bands that had talent.
1: <laughs> that's real. He's from like, all, of from, them, from huh? all of them. From all of them. He's
0: the only one that really on his own
1: was dope. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He, <laughs> and That's yeah. probably why he kind of separated himself. I think the thing about, like, you see, and this is a sort of tangent, but you see a guy like Timbaland um, to think, like, probably, uh, I guess, like, Of all time, maybe like a top three or four producers ever to make a beat, right? Um, Just with not only how the beat sounds, but just the ability for him to produce, like literally produce as far as like, hey, this is a song you should do. This is a topic, subject matter, melodies, whatever. Um, For him to have Aaliyah, you know, her, her timeless catalog, and then Genuine, and then Missy Elliott, and then Justin Timberlake, and then like some one off Nelly Potato. Yeah, just doing that. But I'm talking about the people that he actually sat down and create, yes. collectively made albums, and even Jay Z making, he you know, an entire ca- catalog with him. I think like, I, d- I just don't understand how like more people wouldn't really like work with him. It just doesn't make sense. I don't
0: know but he he really changed the careers of Nelly Furtado yeah, and Justin Timberlake
1: yeah. because
0: Nelly Furtado already had been around but she had songs like, I'm like a bird, I wanna fly away Mm -hmm. and then when he produced her shit it just changed the whole sound Mm -hmm. and then he was with Justin Justin was dope before Cause he had, he rocked with Pharrell with the uh, yeah that first album, but you got Pharrell and then you and then go to Timbo, timbo. Yeah, like you yeah. never downgraded. Yeah, um, I, honestly, I'm gonna keep it real. I feel like that's a parallel move, or that was a um, I think he instead of coming up or going down, he went straight across. Cause I yeah think Pharrell's, pa- Pharrell's Pharrell Pharrell is guy. the truth with that fucking yeah. production.
1: Timbo, the only thing that separates Timberland and Pharrell, Pharrell is like more of a, like a a melody guy, and Timberland is like. It's a, it's a bounce. It's a yeah, bop. It's yeah, it's a bop. Yeah. Like, dip, dip, <laughs> dip. Like, don't nobody... <laughs> like, yeah. the baby cries, just the, the way he... He was doing a... um, He was doing a, a beat. He be posting beats, like, on Instagram. Like, he a regular guy. Like, yeah. he got multiple plaques and whatnot. But he was doing a beat, and it was just so, like, strange. Like, the you know, normally it's, like, a drum pattern that sounds, like, a certain way. Like, you could just kind of... you anticipate where the drums are coming in but he was doing stuff where he was moving stuff you know just off the grid a little bit and I was like dang this is crazy
0: yeah man it's unfortunate we still talking about rape man huh we still talking about rape Trey Song's rape case oh (laughs) yeah I mean you can stop raping people (laughs) Oh, man, what the fuck happened? We just went on a tangent and forgot about the seriousness of the conversation. <laughs> Yikes, man. Oh, uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but no, I will say this. It, it is alleged, obviously. Um, but what, another problem, too, is is if he is found guilty, man, rape need to come with a life sentence. Yeah. Because rape is like killing somebody without killing them, man. You need to go to fucking prison for life. <clears throat> yeah. And that's not to be politically correct. That's literally you should go to prison for life, Mm -hmm. and you and you and you are serial rapist on top of that. So you have you have inflicted this harm on multiple women, and you go to prison for let's say let's say somebody go to prison for thirteen years. So after thirteen years, you're a free man, but she is a prisoner her whole life because you took advantage of her. All that trauma. All that trauma. Yeah, you know, and and the conversation around rape is a very serious one. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been a flip side where there have been women who made a false accusation. It was the the defensive lineman um, from Baylor. He got locked up and turned out to be a false accusation. Yeah. Then it was another football player, Brian Banks. Mm-hmm. That was a, that's probably one of the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. False accusation again.
1: They However, they life away, man.
0: it did fuck they like just the, what I'm saying to say that is just the whole conversation surrounding rape is a very serious one. Yeah, and if multiple women have said you have done <clears throat> them wrong, bro, what are you doing, dog? What are you really doing? What's going on? Do you women from different states and different places saying the same thing? Yeah, I don't think that it's a coincidence at some point. I think you're really doing something, G. But I can't say that because it's alleged, and I have to be responsible with my platform. I can't just come
1: out and call somebody a rapist. Yeah, but, you know, I, like you said, when it when it starts to become like a, a pattern, it's like Bill that's Cosby. When it, even even if you, you know, who knows if you did some, which uh, Kiki Palmer says, uh, sexual intimidation, right? Say you did that in the privacy of your life, and then you know the girl speaks to you, and you're like, "Hey, I'm," you know. What you did there was it made me feel like this. You know, you were um, cornering me. Whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. and then you just kind of correct that in your life, and it just never sees the light of day. You yeah. just kind of can move on, right? Yeah. But if you have like a woman every year coming yeah. out and saying something, it, it just doesn't. It just doesn't look good.
0: I think the highest compliment you could get from a woman <clears throat> is when they say they feel safe. Yeah. When a woman says they feel safe around you, that is the highest compliment you can get from them. Mm -hmm. Because at some point, some man did not make them feel that way. Yeah. And the fucked up thing, too, is women have been taken advantage of, that want to move on with their life. That affects all their other relationships. Yeah. Because, like, they may feel safe with you, but they still traumatized by a motherfucker that did some shit that he had no business doing. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh, man. For sure. Yeah, it's just a terrible conversation. Where we at, man? Uh, 152. 152, yeah. We've been chopping it up for a minute. Um, what else can I take out of that conversation?
1: Um, I think, I mean, above all, we'll see, um, it's a new day and age. So a lot of these allegations, um, are taken serious, you know, more serious than they used to be. And, um, you know, and I don't know if money is involved with keeping people quiet, but, um... A lot of times the judicial judicial system will wait out a person's career till they're not as popping. You know, they may not be making as much money, or the the, the royalties ain't rolling in like they used to. Whatever the case may be, and um, you know who who knows. But we, I mean, we'll just keep our ear to the streets. I ain't heard see. much from Trey songs lately. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't really. And who know? you know, sometimes what happens when people duck off, they're usually just independent. They still mm-hmm. release music at the same clip, but they not be, may not be on a major label. But, yeah, I haven't
0: heard. Trey Songs was huge
1: at one time. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. He was super huge.
1: <clears throat> yeah, one of the top R&B guys. Yeah. For sure.
0: I'm, I'm talking about like from the, you gonna think I invented Venice X. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was around 20...
1: Could you imagine, sorry to cut you off, but could you mm-hmm. imagine that... You know, that, that line uh, Drake has, like, Sutton uh, said, said, you wouldn't be as big as Trace songs. boy, was she wrong, or, you know, that mm-hmm. that line. Yeah. yeah. To think that, well, at one point, Trace songs was a bigger artist than Drake. Yeah, he was. You know, Drake is obviously, like, the biggest guy now, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, not much to say here, man. I
0: hope the best for the parties involved. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty stiff allegation. Um
1: yeah, yeah. I almost hope it. I just hope it's not true. But yeah, you know, I hope it's not the way true. it looks. Is just. I, nice. I hate
0: to end the podcast on a bad note, so I'm just gonna throw some random humor in there. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. So um Popeye's biscuits. Um They came out with a new formula for the biscuits now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they said it's more moist, so you don't choke on it. Do you hear about that? <laughs>
1: No, I never heard, I didn't hear
0: that. Yeah, they they basically they put more um honey inside the biscuit
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh so that your saliva and the honey can, you know, be one salivate. Yeah, salivate and you won't actually <laughs> choke on the biscuit. And you won't <laughs> need water to help it go down.
1: Do Do you actually like the flavor of the Popeye's biscuits?
0: Uh, the Popeye's biscuit to me, it tastes like uh, oppression. Um mm. it tastes like, you know,
1: you know, when black people didn't have rights. <laughs>
0: that's what the biscuit tastes like
1: <laughs> I actually like the flavor of the biscuit they are very like yeah. you for sure um, need an IV after you know oh, yeah. eating, eating a, a Popeye's biscuit that I biscuit
0: will drain the nutrients out of
1: it
0: <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not the best biscuits by far to me are actually from Church's Chicken
1: Church's is fine it has a little they, honey glaze on yes. top Yeah. Fine,
0: now, fine, now, fine. now their chicken ain't shit Mm-hmm. You know, they chicken is a bitch-ass nigga.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the, the biscuits are good. You, you know, actually, the best biscuits come from a place called Crunchy Chicken. It's inside of a gas station, mm. but it's the largest chicken chain in America. It's called cri- Crispy Chicken. Crispy Crunchy Chicken is what it's called. Mm-hmm. You haven't
1: had it before? No, I've seen it in different places I just never had uh, and obviously obviously like mm-hmm. COVID I, like, I think a lot of the uh, restaurants were like shut down in certain places
0: that shit is so freaking good mm-hmm. and their biscuits they like they got honey all the way like marinated to the middle of the biscuit oh, so dang. when you when you bite into it you taste buttery honey biscuit
1: dang it probably so it's it's in the bat like the batter or whatever. Yeah, they're making it it, it is so freaking bomb,
0: and the, and the chicken is bomb too. Probably mm-hmm. the, the chicken to me is better than Popeyes. All the main, it's got the best chicken and biscuits.
1: Yeah, have you been to uh, Roscoe's? I have not been to Roscoe's. I think
0: yeah. I did a long time ago, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Was it pretty decent when you went?
1: I like their chicken. I think their
0: chicken is really good. But they uh. eat, they use
1: buttermilk. For the chicken. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you got the breast or you got like a thigh? Uh leg and a wing. Leg and a wing? Yeah. Cause they had uh they have a certain meal that you, you buy like the I usually get like the chicken and waffles or like the Barack Obama, whatever, and it's a certain like you get like a wing and something like that. But Barack yeah, Obama, what? They have a like a Barack Obama meal at Ross. What, what does it come with? Uh I don't remember exactly, but it's like some chicken and a couple sides. It ain't nothing special.
0: The Barack Obama bill come with a blunt. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, how I eat my breakfast. Uh, smoke a blunt. Uh, fill it up. Pack it deep. Uh, use the grinder. Get the weed going. Uh, smoke a bowl. CBD. I, 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 I support all cannabis products. Sometimes I have one of those biscuits, but it's uh, infused with uh, marijuana. <laughs> uh, what do you call those things? Uh, edibles? <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, uh, very edible. <laughs> yeah, Man, That's crazy. They call it a, a, a Obama meal. You know what's mm-hmm. funny, too? And I, we'll end on this note. But chicken and waffles has to be the smartest thing. They are inexpensive, very simple, straight to the, like, it, we make chicken and waffles and that's it type thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think do they make anything else? What you mean? They just make chicken and waffles there, right? Or roster? No, 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 no.
1: No, that's not. No, that's not how it is. They make all kind of Oh they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this famous chicken and waffles. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of the kind of go to But
0: there are some places that only serve chicken and waffles, I believe. Mm. And I think that's a smart business tactic. It's no different than in and out burger. I specializing. Yeah. They've mm-hmm. all you have to do is be great at one thing. All oh, you gotta one, do. One one thing. That's it. In and out burger makes burgers and fries and that's it. Yeah. They didn't try to, you know, make chicken sandwiches.
1: They didn't try to do they make shakes there too, right? Yeah. That's it. The menu is like, you know, however many patties. stacks of yeah, patties yeah. you want on there, fries and milkshakes and that's pretty much it.
0: I mean, the easy
1: thing about it is if you if you're a cook all you gotta do is throw down like 20, 30 burgers, you know what? That's all people getting. That that's that was the hard part for me working at McDonald's. I primarily was a cook, but mm-hmm. when I got on the line making hamburgers, I it was just too many like you had to remember all the things in the order that they went. So, if you get a wow. quarter pounder, you're like, oh, it's onions and pickle and this. And then the next person will want like a cheeseburger. And the next person will want a double cheeseburger. And the next person will want a McDouble. Then you realize, like, oh, on a McDouble, it has only one piece of cheese. And it was yeah. just so much that you had to remember. And then they had the chicken, you know, sandwiches and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was just hard. So, for a person at In N Out, if they just literally is one, Patty, two patties, three patties, and that's pretty much all you got to remember.
0: Man, I remember one time I went into McDonald's downtown. I went to the McDonald's to go eat, and then I looked in the back, and I seen somebody making the food, and he had a Band-Aid on his finger, and he had no gloves on. Oh, my gosh. I was like, nigga, I don't want a blood transfusion. <laughs> I want a chicken sandwich, man.
1: Yeah, that's that's not good. That's not a good look.
0: It's like, Magic Johnson special coming up. Dang. I <laughs> got Magic Johnson back there <laughs> making me a chicken sandwich, man. <laughs> Look back there. They got easy. back there. No, dang. God, <laughs> that's a, dang. That's a terrible joke. It's a dark this joke, man. Dark. It's a dark joke. All right. It's time to get out of here. <laughs> All right. If you made it to the end of this podcast, man, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Druggers Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K Fings. of right here. Peace.